0: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen
1: Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammalidi. I always get asked, like, people be like, oh, like, I really want to go vegan, but I don't want to give up, like, my sushi dinner or whatever. Stop worrying about the sushi dinner. Have your sushi dinner and then eat plant-based, like, 90% of the time or 50% of the time. It's not a game of perfection to me it's like what you're doing 90 percent of the time we don't need to look at it in such a binary way if you went out to sushi and you had sushi and you enjoyed that with like your friends and family and then you came home and you ate vegan for the rest of the week that's awesome in my books the sushi really doesn't matter
0: that's carly bodruk she's a plant strong creator blogger founder of the plant you meal plan cookbook author with a devoted online audience of millions on tiktok and instagram all enjoying her scrappy low-waste recipes. Now, let's meet Carly. Hi, Carly. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so, so excited and
1: grateful to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I can't wait to talk everything
1: plant-based. Plant-based and talking about food is like my favorite subject ever, so
0: I anticipate (laughs) this will be lots of fun. Okay, so let's get into let's talk all about you. Tell us a bit about yourself. Why did you decide to go plant based?
1: So I went plant-based back in about 2015, and I was actually working as a radio host, strangely enough, up in northern Ontario, Canada, in North Bay. I was a morning radio host and news anchor on The Moose.
0: I did not
1: know this. Yeah.
0: And I know the moose. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, on the moose. So my educational backgrounds in broadcast journalism. So it was around 2015, I think that the World Health Organization came out with this breaking news that red and processed meat was now classed as group two and group one carcinogens. I grew up on a hobby farm in Innisfil, Ontario. I don't think I had ever had a vegan meal up until this point. At least my meal had to contain some form of dairy, some sort of form of meat. Meat and potatoes were like our mainstay on our kitchen table. And um, my dad was a stage two colon cancer survivor. So thank goodness he's still with us. But the news was particularly shocking because cancer is so prevalent in my family. And I remember. From that news, we as a family just started delving into the world of plant based eating and watched the documentary Forks Over Knives. And it was just sort of shocking uh, to hear about the link between, particularly, red and processed meat and cancer, but also the environmental implications of animal agriculture. And then slowly started making connections between the animals that I know and love and the ones on my plate. I always say when you go plant-based, it's like opening Pandora's box. It's like usually one thing's the catalyst. And then you're like, whoa. Uh, Only problem being that I lived in like literally the tiniest bachelor apartment by myself, three hours from home up in North Bay. And I had no idea how to cook. So I knew I wanted to go plant-based. I hopped on Pinterest and I remember searching the word vegan. And there was just this endless stream of these nourish bowls that like looked incredible, but there were like spiralized zucchini and carved avocados. And I was like, I cannot eat this way. Like I, first of all, I don't even know where to start. And second of all, like this is just food is so unfamiliar to what I know and love. So I started just by veganizing the food I had grown up eating. Um, I remember one of the first recipes I sort of made plant-based was my mom's bolognese pasta sauce that I grew up eating with like ground beef. I threw in lentils instead. And as I started doing that, just replacing these meals that I knew and love, I kind of hit a stride and I was like, okay, I can do this. And then sort of armed with this broadcast journalism background, I thought it would be really interesting to start sharing my journey online, started an Instagram page called Plant You. And the rest is sort of history. It took off a bit, I think, because people were interested in seeing really practical meals instead of like these very curated uh food we were seeing around that time. And uh yeah,
0: now we're here. How far back was this beginning of the blog
1: plant you? Probably 2016, 2017. So it was about a year into my journey and started sharing on, uh, on Instagram first. And then I got a domain at plantyou.com and I was sharing on Facebook and just like throwing up like recipes that I was, that I was making in my kitchen really with not a lot of cooking skills whatsoever.
0: I was going to ask, did you have any culinary experience? No, like my friend's,
1: who I went to university with like laugh at me because they know me as this person who came to college with literally like a mini fridge packed with pizzas that you could just like (laughs) throw in the microwave (laughs) and tater tots. And they're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. I had no, really no cooking skills, but I think going plant-based, like it was either you had to learn to cook or I was not going to eat. So
0: (laughs) it was one of those things. Right are you up for a quick game of this or that? Absolutely. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Really?
1: Don't get me wrong. I try to get up at like 6.30 and sometimes I'm successful, but I feel like my
0: default is nighttime. (laughs) Okay, so edamame or green beans? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think green beans. I do love green
1: beans, and they can be prepared in so many different ways.
0: Beets, golden or red?
1: Love a red beet. People often try beets and they don't like them, but one of my favorite things to do with them is dehydrate beets, and you can make a beet powder, and it's just the most incredible thing to add color to, like, pasta or baked goods, like a natural pink food dye.
0: Oh, I like the smoothies.
1: Yes! It's a natural
0: pre-workout, too. Pickles or cucumbers? Cucumbers. I love a cucumber in a salad. Grilled cheese or mac and cheese? Mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese. Vegan, of course. All right, give up sugar or give up salt? Sugar. Definitely. Love savory food. I am alone on that sugar island. Really? (laughs) Like, you're sweet over savory. I have got a ridiculous sweet tooth, (laughs) it's just insane. You created a meal plan, the Plant U Meal Planner. Where did that idea come from?
1: After I was working as a radio host, I moved back home and was working in communications for a hospital foundation uh, near home. And I started Plant U. I had started it. It was going well, but I really wasn't generating a secure enough income to take the jump to pursue this full time, even though I really, really wanted to. So I'm like, how can I um, monetize this business and help people at the same time. So there was like a lot of meal plan subscriptions online, but not a lot targeted to plant-based eaters. And I knew that there was a problem to solve here because people go plant-based and just like me, when I went plant-based, they have no idea what to eat. So I started, um, this PDF meal planning business where people would subscribe for seven 99 per month and they would get like a PDF, meal ideas for the week into their inbox that were plant-based and like a shopping list and stuff. So I started that in January of 2019 and it took off like really well to the point where I left my job, I think about four or five months later. And so that still exists, although it has like um, transformed over the years. So we launched a web application, which is like a meal planning web application, I think probably a year and a half ago. And now this month, we're actually just launching our phone app finally. So it's like a meal planning phone app, but it's entirely um, whole food plant-based recipes with the grocery shopping lists we put out monthly meal plan ideas now um, just to give people ideas of what to eat they can make their own meal
0: plans for the week and all of that oh I love that idea and the it's going to be called plant U. I'm assuming yeah yeah it's called the plant U planner when I first
1: launched it it was called plant ahead Which I love. I thought it was such a cute name, but it just made more sense to uh, have the brands aligned. I wanted to call it Plant Genie too, because I thought like the genie is that's cool. Yeah, your dishes are command was the tagline, and then it it just made more sense to go off the brand (laughs) recognition, as you know how these things go. I
0: do, I do. Let's talk about your cookbook, Plant You. You recently published in February of 2022.
1: Yeah. congratulations like, like a like a baby but not <laughs> felt like, okay. um Yeah. What people don't know, a lot of people don't know about cookbooks is that they're typically two year projects. So my cookbook deal was signed in 2019, actually right after I'd left my job and it didn't come out until 2022. So it was just like such a long uh, process, but so incredibly rewarding. So it came out in February of this year and it's just really been a roller coaster. It actually, it was the craziest time because it came out and then a week after it was out, it went out of stock. So it was out of stock for three months because of supply chain issues. Like the the publisher um had also not predicted how much demand there would be, which they couldn't have. It was it was it was wild. um But the the cookbook went out of stock like a week later. So it was such a roller. That's amazing. Of yeah, it was double edged because obviously, like it's the net benefit is great, but you, you, I had put so much time into like promoting it and
0: Mm -hmm. doing all these
1: lives on Instagram and videos. And then it was like, Oh wait, you can't get the book now. And you're not going to be able to get it for at least a few months, but uh, it all turned out. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear that. What was your inspiration for plant you the
1: cookbook? Yeah. I always tell people it's the book that I wish I had when I went plant-based it's so It has like all of your beginner's tips, shopping lists, and it has all the meals that I would like want when I first went plant-based. So it has like a vegan burrito recipe, a plant-based lasagna recipe, my mom's bolognese sauce, like all of these meals, tacos, all of these kind of meals that I had grown up eating, but in their plant-based, really healthy versions. So I had kind of myself as an archetype in mind when I
0: wrote it. And do any of the recipes hold any strong memories for you?
1: Yeah, there's lots in there. So one of my favorite recipes in the book are the cauliflower wings. And I tested that recipe with my dad and They're not like any other cauliflower wings I've ever had. We wrapped them in rice paper instead of uh, breading them. So they have like a very kind of light and like skin like texture around the cauliflower and they're so delicious. So like that's whenever somebody asks what my favorite recipe is, that's one of my favorite. And the book is actually dedicated to my dad as well.
0: Oh, I love it. (laughs) Speaking of dedication, people testing it who is your toughest food critic? Toughest food critic? Probably my father.
1: Like (laughs) when I was testing the book, I would be like sending recipes back and forth to my parents' house. And like he would be, he gives me his very honest criticism. And then we did do a couple of days of like recipe testing at my parents' house, Uh, which is good. I mean, it's always good to have people who are honest with you. Right.
0: You do. You need people who are brutally honest (laughs) so they can tell you, well, I'm not really feeling this recipe. Exactly. Can you think of one that took you maybe the longest or was the most difficult to perfect?
1: This was actually when you said uh, come up with like a kitchen confessional. This (laughs) This is the kitchen confessional because there's a meatloaf recipe in my book, a vegan lentil meatloaf. And this thing caused me so much grief. I probably had to test it like 12 different times because. With a vegan meatloaf, as you can imagine, it's very hard to make something that is going to like stand up when you slice it. So every time I would take this meatloaf out of the oven, I'd be like, okay, like, let's see what happens. I'd take it out and I'd slice it and it would just like crumble or be mushy. And um, to this day, my fiance will not eat like a vegan meatloaf, (laughs) like, (laughs) because I hate wasting food. So it's like we had meatloaf. Vegan meatloaf for literally probably a month. And neither of us can eat it anymore. The recipe that made it into the book is really good.
0: So, <laughs> so. but it will not be seeing your no, table. No, no, it will no, not like, be visiting not your not table. <laughs> is uh, your fiance vegan as well?
1: So he's not, we eat entirely vegan in our home, but, and this is the same with my parents. My mom is vegetarian, but my dad is plant-based at home as well. But when they go out or they're at a friend's house or we go over to our in-laws, they he will eat uh, non-vegan, which I think is a good compromise for a lot of people. Uh, I always get asked, like people will be like, oh, like I really want to go vegan, but I don't want to give up like my sushi dinner or whatever. So I always say like, stop worrying about the sushi dinner, have your sushi dinner and then eat plant-based like 90% of the time or 50% of the time, whatever you it's, it's not a game of perfection. To me, it's like what you're doing 90% of the time the 10% is not having an impact and it's not like you know that term where they say like oh you fell off the horse or fell off the wagon or whatever fell off the
0: wagon yeah. yeah like
1: we don't need to look at it in such a binary way if you went out to sushi and you had sushi and you enjoyed that with like your friends and family and then you came home and you ate vegan for the rest of the week that's awesome in my books the sushi really doesn't matter
0: what's that saying everything in moderation yes exactly right exactly so you can have your sushi and eat it too <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for laughing at that one <laughs> i'm mary mamolini and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast today i'm talking with food blogger founder of the plant you meal plan and cookbook author carly Bodrug. Let's talk about your series, Scrappy Cooking. Yeah. So you help hope cooks to reimagine waste by turning them into what most people would consider scraps. You turn them into something delicious. So why are you so passionate about cooking what so many people would potentially throw in the trash?
1: Yeah, so it's very interesting. The statistics in Canada actually are very staggering. I think it's something like over 50% of edible food in our system goes to waste. And you would think that that it is originating from like grocery stores or restaurants, but the majority is actually happening in the home. And it's happening for a couple of reasons. One of them being that um, as Canadians or North Americans, we have a big fear around like expiry dates or food going bad, which rightfully so. But we often throw things um, much before (laughs) that we, we need to, do so. And then second of all, I think like we just buy in such a capitalist society, we buy such excess and a lot of it goes to waste. Basically 50% of the food you're buying. And I don't know about you, but like grocery prices, oh my goodness, are ridiculous insane right now
0: i can't I, I can't even think about it without breaking yeah. out into hives because yeah, i can't seriously. believe right
1: so it's hard to comprehend how much we're wasting given the current um the current price of groceries and then on top of that food waste is one of the major contributors to greenhouse gases because it then it has to go into a landfill it takes a long time to break down So um, along with being plant-based, I'm very passionate about helping people reduce their food waste. And one day I had made an orange peel candy recipe and I threw it up on Instagram and I called it Scrappy Cooking at the time, just as like a fun name. Didn't expect anything to sort of come from it because I didn't anticipate so many people would be interested in cooking with like commonly wasted foods. And the video went just crazy viral. So I was like, Oh, like people are actually interested in this I already was kind of doing these things in my home. So I started a little video series called scrappy cooking on my social media. We've since done like 60 episodes. And it's really just about repurposing those commonly wasted foods or ingredients. One of the big ones that people often don't think about and is broccoli. And oftentimes we're drawing broccoli by weight and the stems are actually completely edible. So if you're throwing out the stems, you're throwing out basically half of your broccoli, very nutrient dense and extremely delicious. All you have to do is peel out the outer hard skin. You can make broccoli stem fries. You can throw it into your stir fry, prepare just how you would the florets and it's extremely versatile and delicious. So my whole goal here is not to necessarily have people look at a banana peel and be like, okay, I'm going to make banana peel bacon, which is a thing, by the way. It's more so (laughs) for people to just look at the food they have in their fridge in general and just be more mindful of what they're wasting, not only for the planet, but for their wallets as well, because I
0: think we all really need it. Let's talk about maybe some things like, let's say potato skins. Yeah. Can you repurpose those? Can you do something with them? And why would you?
1: Absolutely. So potato skins are a huge one that you can do so many things with. So if you're making mashed potatoes, you don't want skins in your mashed potatoes. You've got a ton of potato peels. We talked earlier about air fryer. This is my favorite thing to do. Drizzle a little olive oil, a little salt, a little nutritional yeast on those. Pop them in the air fryer for like eight minutes at 450. You have the most delicious potato peel crisps. They're like a chip. So that's my favorite thing to do with the peels. Why throw them out when they're edible and can make a delicious snack? The other thing you can do that I have done, and I learned about this in an old book by a Canadian, and the name is going to escape me but um, it was like a foraging type of book. And they made maple syrup, mock maple syrup by fermenting potato peels in um, sugar and water in like a syrup for a few weeks. And like, it is the craziest thing. It tastes so much like maple syrup. I don't know why, but fermented potato peels, like made into a syrup and fermented for a few weeks will make mock maple syrup
0: you need to try it I'm smiling because I know that my co-producer Matt he is definitely going to try this one I know it I know he will for sure
1: it's on my it's on my Instagram feed I did a a video and I have instructions and I sourced the book there so you can check it out because it is a a Canadian author I I believe so um that was actually my dad told me about that because he he had the book so that was really cool there's a million different things that you can do with edible scraps. You just got to check that they're edible because uh, you never know, right? <laughs> like right. Pineapple peel, uh, something like that. You want to, you're not going to eat, but it's great for making like um, fermented beverages or even pineapple skin vinegar. So there's always ways that you can kind of extend the the life of your vegetables and make more from them.
0: Ooh, pineapple skin vinegar.
1: Yeah. Strawberry top vinegar is also a very popular ones. I've strawberry heard of them They're edible as well. Uh, completely edible, very healthy for you. If you throw them in your smoothie, you would not detect them whatsoever. But if you add like strawberry tops to vinegar, it creates this beautiful um, bright red strawberry infused vinegar. So it's a great way to do it as well.
0: Yeah, it, it it's fantastic. And what about some other sustainable low waste tips? So for example, see so there's the common one where you buy radishes and you'll have like the leafy end and everyone says, oh, we'll just toss them into salad. But what else can you do with them? Radishes and uh, carrot tops
1: are yep. incredible for pesto. So um, you can add a little basil or not. But if you make like a pesto style sauce, I guess, by just combining them with pine nuts, maybe not pine nuts, given the economy, but <laughs> walnuts,
0: walnuts, we'll do walnuts.
1: walnuts, walnuts, I love nutritional yeast, plant-based people just like love nutritional yeast because it gives a vegan kind of cheesy flavor and garlic and blend that up with a little bit of olive oil it makes an incredible pesto. You can use it as a dip or you can use it on pasta, love radish top pesto. So that's a huge. One and carrot top works as well.
0: So, would you say, I mean, because I always have nutritional yeast in my pantry and I'm not vegan, but I always use it because I love it. I love the vitamins that it packs. Yeah. Um, Would you say that that would be a staple? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, so it's so interesting. When I first went plant based, tofu nutritional yeast, I didn't like either. And this is just like a testament to how your kind of uh, palate changes. Now they're probably both the things I eat the most. Uh, I remember first trying nutritional yeast and being like, this doesn't taste like cheese at all. And now like five years into my plant-based journey, that's kind of like what I, the flavor I identify with cheese. Yes. And it's very healthy for you. It's packed with B12, it's packed with protein. um, So I sprinkle that on everything. And I would say as a vegan, if you try it or you're a plant-based eater or not, uh, give it a few tries because I think it grows on you.
0: I introduced myself by sprinkling over popcorn. So good. So yeah. good on popcorn. That's how I started. My That was my introduction. And love we'll, I love it. What's your go-to easy weeknight meal?
1: Probably a sheet pan, uh, like stir fry. So what I'll do is I'll add tofu, broccoli, maybe Brussels sprouts or something like that and onions to a sheet pan, um, season with a whole bunch of stuff. I love garlic nutritional yeast paprika throw that in the oven at 400 degrees for about 25 minutes tofu will be crispy veggies will be cooked and then i like to cook rice while that's in the oven throw those veggies in a pan with whatever sauce so you can make a quick like teriyaki style sauce um or like a sweet and sour sauce whatever curry sauce whatever you're feeling that day and then serve it over rice that's like a go-to that seems to be done in under 30
0: minutes Okay, rapid fire. Tell us one thing most people don't know about you. Oh, my
1: favorite food before I went plant-based, and it's still one of my favorites, is poutine or poutine. Oh my, I was like known for this in my friend group, but I have since veganized mozzarella cheese curds with uh, vegan yogurt and cashews. And you make them into a sauce and then you refrigerate and you make them into curds. Yes, I'm like obsessed with poutine and people don't know that. And the majority of my audience is um, from the U.S. So like if I ever talk about poutine, they're like, what's that? (laughs)
0: name one thing from your childhood that kids today wouldn't understand okay
1: do you remember purple ketchup (laughs) okay kinds came out with purple ketchup when i was a kid so i'm 30 so i was probably it was probably about 20 years ago and i I should
0: remember that yeah
1: i made my mom buy this purple ketchup it was, like, oh, so many commercials, and then I wouldn't eat it. Like, it was one of those things. And I feel like kids now would be, like,
0: what? Like, it was literally the brightest purple. You'll have to look it up after this. It was Oh, it was, I'm going to. It was <laughs> something. I'm surprised I don't remember it. What are the last three things you've had to eat?
1: Okay, so I made, I'm calling them molten lava cookies, but they're kind of like a hot chocolate, Mexican hot chocolate cookie with, like, um cayenne pepper in them. These chocolate cookies. Oh my goodness. I've been testing the recipe. So I had one of those last night. Oh, and then we had like a ramen soup with like a soy milk broth for dinner. My stomach is growling as I talk about this. And then this morning I had a coffee with oat milk.
0: I always ask all our guests to share a little kitchen confession with us. And we did talk about your kitchen confession.
1: I do have another one. So, my, okay. dedi- my dedication in my book is made to my dad, and it says something along the lines of um, thank you for testing oil-free brand muffins with me for them to never make it into the book so we (laughs) tested oil-free brand muffins if for anybody listening if you cook oil-free do never try to make a brand muffin oil-free they were like hockey pucks (laughs) like you would if you threw one it would do damage um and we tested them so many times it could not be done the brand was just like it's too dry that you need some sort of significant fat source in order to make a bran muffin (laughs)
0: delicious. I'm just getting a visual. Like I'm just picturing it.
1: They come. It's one of those things. Baking is all is difficult, especially when you're vegan. Like it's not my main sort of thing. I admire people who can bake really well, but you'd be kind of saying a prayer as it goes into the oven and then it would come out. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) such a
0: disappointment. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. And if listeners want to reach out, they want more information. They want to connect with you. Where can they find you? Where do they need to go?
1: I am Plant P L A N T Y O U P-L-A-N-T-Y-O-U, on every single social channel. You can find me on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Instagram. And Carly at PlantU.com is my email. And I have a website, plantyou.com where there's a ton of recipes that you can find in a co- contact form if you want to reach out.
0: And if you want a copy of her cookbook, we can get it anywhere? Yes, anywhere books are sold. We're fully stocked. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so much fun.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me and I'm glad we can make
0: it happen. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening.